Hello, this is Michael Zuber, and I wanted to thank you for choosing to spend a little time with One Rental at a Time. My life's mission is to help investors close 1 million rental properties. In order to tackle this crazy goal, I will need your help. If you like this episode or any of the content we produce, please share it on social media. If you get one of my books or perhaps one of our 500 cards, please take a selfie and tag One Rental at a Time. Now on with the show. Folks, I don't know about you, but one of the things I thoroughly enjoy about having this channel is I get to speak with the one and only Anna Kelly about what is going on in the economy, what what she sees, what's going on. She has a unique way, a unique history of looking at the facts and formulating an educated opinion and educated guests. So uh, let's welcome her to the show. How you doing, Anna? Great. I'm great to be here. I'm happy to be here. I, I just love our discussions. You have a unique history and track record in finance and money and investing. And I appreciate your opinions because they're not always the same as mine. So uh, I love having the debate. So I'll, I'll just ask as we sit here at the end of January, almost one month over of 2023, shocking as that may seem. Uh, yes. What do you think's going on in the economy? Are, are we, uh, we going to blow up? Are we on a, a slow deflation? Or what the heck is going on in your in, that, that you think? You know, it, it's a really interesting question, and we talk about it a little bit every week. But, you know, I think at a high level, um, in terms of long term, the trajectory that the United States is heading, um, I think we're heading more toward deflation being a bigger issue than inflation. Um, in the short term, we've talked about these cyclical cycles that are somewhere between, you know, six and 18 months, something in that range. I think that if recession isn't already technically here, we're we're heading toward recession. I mean, we have all of the signs. the The yield curve inversion between the ten year and the three month Treasury has actually inverted yeah. eight times in the past. And guess yeah. what? It's we've had a recession all eight times, and we've never yeah. had a recession when it didn't happen. So, yeah. you know, I think recession is on the horizon. is is the big story of the day. Um, and different uh, leaders that you hear coming out will say. It's definitely going to be a recession and others saying, oh, I think I think things are good and I think we have a soft landing. But I think that there's some pain ahead over the next year. Um, and I think that the Fed is going to continue. You know, the biggest question we're always asked is, will the Fed cut rates? I think they're going to continue to raise rates this next month or two and then pause for a while. And I don't see rates really reversing yeah. until sometime next year unless something breaks. And that's yeah. the big what if. Yeah, if something breaks, it's game over. We should all, th this is how I kind of think about Fed rate cuts in 2023. We should all hope they don't have to. That's right. kind of how, because if they do, something bad broke. Uh, so that's what I think about rate cuts in 2023. I hope they don't have to. I actually want to go back to that deflation comment where you open, because that's where you and I disagree. So I want to poke at that, make sure I understand where you're coming from. So sure. deflation actually means negative growth in prices. Um, yes. So are, are you are you referring to that in goods, in housing, in services, all the above, none of the above? What are we thinking? Sure. That, that's a really good question because it is very nuanced, right? And depending on the economists that you look at, there's different numbers that they look at that they say this particular thing might be deflationary. I, I do understand and agree with you that the economy as a whole is not homogenous. So it's not like the entire economy is either going to be in inflation or flat or in deflation. Um, it can stagnate, but there are sections of the economy that are still inflationary and may get worse over time. And then there are other 
portions of the economy that are um, showing signs of slowing, deflating from where they are. It doesn't necessarily mean negative, um, right. but so it means coming down. Dis more disinflation. So okay. what I what I see in the long term trends, when you look at just the demographic trends and, and where population is going and population growth, we have a trend of lower and lower GDP per capita. Mm -hmm. And most of the GDP that is produced is not produced through labor supply, production and consumption. Most of it's through debt spending and government spending. And mm -hmm. so over the long term, as fewer and fewer people enter the labor force, that growth of labor force, growth of consumers is actually slowing, and there it takes more debt from the government to produce more dollars of GDP. So I believe that in the long term, you look over 10 years plus, we are heading into a lower growth environment, and therefore, um, disinflation in terms of lower growth means sure. lower consumption means lower price etc over the long term yeah i i agree with that entirely i i believe and again i'm looking if you look at the decade that is 2020 um i think we grow below trend for the entire decade uh i also happen to think that inflation you know you know at least core inflation let's take out headline core inflation is higher than the Fed wants for most of that decade. And yes. for me, a lot of that boils down to what I believe is a growing trend that will continue to grow about deglobalization breaking down. I believe we've seen the globalists at maximum power the last 30 years. Yes. I believe that falls apart every year going forward for the next five to 10 years. And yes. what that means is we build more manufacturing plants in the U.S., that is yes. over time inflationary. Absolutely. And I agree with you there. I think that this crisis, you know, Russia going after Ukraine um, really opened a lot of countries' eyes to say, wait a second, we need to rethink our alignments, rethink where we're getting our stuff, our energy, our fertilizer, our food, our um, semiconductors, our chips, you know, everything that we need. If a country like China is shut down, country like Russia is going after, you know, war and China and Russia are kind of aligning, it's causing some realignments of um, not only not only um, from a security standpoint, but really our imports and exports are now a matter of, of national security for many, many countries. So I agree with you that we're heading toward deglobalization in many ways and, and potentially some regions, um, you know, the North American region, for example, Canada, the United States and Mexico doing more together and, and you know, things kind of um, separating, but new alliances made. And to your point, if you're changing how you uh, get the goods and services that you need, and, and let's talk energy and food and, and semiconductors, for example, sure. part of the, the fact that we've had these existing trade lines and supply lines for so long keeps prices lower. As soon as you shift them, you have to start manufacturing in new places. There's new money that has to go into research and development and real estate, and the supply chains have to realign. And, and that's going to be expensive for some time. So I actually think we've talked about on the last couple of weeks how CPI, core CPI, really has four components. It has core goods, core services, core um, energy, and... 
poor food, right? And so food and energy, I think they could still be inflated, even if inflation as a whole comes down. Mm -hmm. We see core goods coming down and core services is what the Fed is now trying to get down. So I think that goods and services could actually come down and no longer be, you know, really highly elevated inflationary. But until supply chains realign and the globe kind of deglobalizes and puts in the years of yes. um, infrastructure years. and spending that we need, this could be a decade of high energy and high food. And so I'm with you, Michael. I really think that it's unlikely that the Fed is able with its tools to get inflation down to 2%. And I wouldn't be surprised if they adjust what they believe is realistic inflation and it becomes something more like three, maybe even four. I mm. hope not, but maybe even four. And right. it, so I'll, I'll stop there, but then I wanna talk about the impact of what that has when you're talking about declining a production in GDP with a higher inflation rate, that could actually be negative on an inflation-adjusted basis. Absolutely. Yeah, if you start doing real versus nominal, it could be a problem. Most most people don't look at that. And, and um, nowhere is the real versus nominal should stand out to you than that 50-year spreadsheet that I have, right? There's only been a couple of years where nominally housing was down, but if you adjust for inflation, it's a lot more periods. So yeah, right. real versus nominal is important. The thing I wanted to talk about as we kind of close this one up is interest rates. Because again, we both operate in real estate. It's the most levered business. It has the most debt. And uh, you know, I hear people talk about the Fed has to cut rates because they can't afford the national debt, which again is in my opinion, an inaccurate statement because they don't have timing. The federal government could raise the Fed funds rate to 10% today. They'll be able to pay their bills because the debt doesn't all reset the moment they do that. It rolls over time. Now, I do think it's fair to say we can't have 10% interest rates for five years. That would be destructive. But could they raise 10% for a month, for three months to four months to, to kill inflation if they wanted to? Absolutely. I'm not saying they will. I just want to clear that up. There's a lot of people saying we can't do that because our yeah, national debt is $31.7 trillion and we can't make wrong. That's not how this works. Is, is that fair? Yeah, I think I'm going to fall in between them and you, right? Okay, cool. Awesome. And, and the reason for that, I, I, I agree with you that on a short term, if the Fed said for the next three to six months, we're going to raise rates to a certain amount of time, it's not going to create enough long-term damage on the new interest rates and the 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 rate at which they are paying off their debt. So mm -hmm. there there's a lot of pieces of this, but I I did sure. listen to a a show uh yesterday that was done about a week back and it was really specifically talking about the data on exactly this thing. So okay. how much national debt do we have? What is our interest payment on that debt compared to where our interest payments were before? And with the interest the interest payments doubling for lots of debt that is resetting, such as treasuries, et cetera, um, and other national debt, we're at about, at this rate, we're at about $900 million a year in interest on the debt. And so we're pushing that million dollar mark. So as the U.S. issues debt like bonds and treasuries that everybody's rushing into, over the next several years, if they keep rates elevated, not only does it impact the interest rates we're you know, paying on our own debt, 
but it also raises that, you know, potentially the treasury. And so the fear is if over the long term, like another Agreed. year or two, that we have elevated rates, then you get to a point where the debt is so expensive to service that unless the government raises the debt ceiling, treasury does more of these, you know, extreme circumstances to be able to make sure that we don't extraordinary measures. Yeah. Extraordinary measures, thank you. Um, you know, then there really is a a risk that the confidence in the U.S. diminishes, and as the confidence diminishes, and you know, money rushes to other countries, and 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 if inflation continues to stay high and rates have to be elevated, then it does create the spiral of when yeah. there's more more um, higher interest rates and more people saving. Um, you've got more expensive debt. You've got to raise taxes. Like there's this spiral of things that could get really, really bad. Oh, yeah. I sure. don't think the Fed's going to let it get to that point. But there's this real fear that if deglobalization does cause inflation to stay much more elevated, that the Fed will have to then increase rates, keep them there longer, and then you have this potential debt spiral. So no, I, I, happen, I, how I, quickly, I, how likely, I don't know. Yeah, so I agree. That's is your well-thought-out process is exactly where I am. I, I just happen to see lots of people say the Fed can't raise rates to pick a number, 6, 8, 10, because everything blows up. And that is inaccurate. That is not true. It is wrong. If you want to say they can't raise rates to six, eight, ten percent and keep them there for five years, we can have that discussion because right. yes, that becomes a problem every month. But too Absolutely. many people buy into this logic that the Fed can't do X because of Y, and that right. is wrong. While there is we a have Z the world component. reserve. Yeah, absolutely. And while we have the U.S., the world reserve currency, and we're able to print money, um, we will just keep printing more in order to service that debt. And so, you know, the the long term fear of, you know, some of the economists that I listen to as well, what if we shift to where the U.S. dollar has other currencies that are competing as a world reserve currency, which is kind of starting to happen, um, talks of that. And the U.S., you know, and the world goes back to a gold-backed security, and the U.S. kind of falls from glory as the world reserve currency. Then, if you kept debt and you know interest rates elevated for a long time, the U.S. could be in a world of hurt. But I think this is a long-term fear, so we've yeah. got to watch over the next few months, not assume that the worst is going to happen, but say the Fed has shown us before that they can take interest rates up to 16, 18, 20 percent. In a Absolutely. short term, it's, it'll tank the economy, but they can do it. So I Absolutely. agree with you that it's a myth that they can't. It's just how long and what's the fallout if they do it too long. Exactly right. Anna, where can people follow you? Because you put out a lot of amazing stuff. Great. You can find me on social media at Anna Kelly, REI Mom. If you're an accredited investor looking for passive investments in multifamily real estate, you can find me there at greaterpurposecapital.com and every week on your show. Awesome. Thank you so much. She has a great playlist. You must check it out. Thanks, Anna.